Hello, and welcome to Upgrade Your Algorithm. It's me, Mary Martha. Oh my goodness, it is the first week of the podcast. I am so excited, so inspired, humbled at this whole experience, and I'm so glad that you have decided to uh, come along uh, on this journey with me. If you haven't already, please come and follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Up Your Algorithm. Again, that is Up Your Algorithm. If you want to talk to me directly, uh, hit me up on email, upgrade at upyouralgorithm.com. Again, that is upgrade at upyouralgorithm.com. With Mother's Day right around the corner, there's lots of things that I begin to think about. I think about my late grandmother. I think about my great aunt Dot, um, who was my grandmother's sister. These two women were very influential in my life in having a hand to raise me. I also think about my own mother and the relationship that she and I have now that she is in, you know, the later years of her life. And I'm very grateful um, for the time that she and I have together. Um, and so as I begin to reflect, um, there are two words that come to mind, which are resentment and reconciliation. And that can mean lots of things to different people, but that's been something that had been in my spirit, which is resentment and reconciliation. So author and historian Timothy Tyson said, if there is to be reconciliation, first, there must be truth. If there is to be reconciliation, first, there must be truth. And I am so excited for you to hear the open and very truthful conversation I had with one of my best friends, Kim. Um, we chit chat a little bit about her mom, Cindy, their complicated relationship and the effects of being a child having to raise a parent. Kim is a beautiful human being, and I am humbled to call her friend. So let's get ready to upgrade. Okay, Kim, how you doing, girl? I'm, I'm good. Did you hear that baby? Do you hear sound from my side? No, I don't okay. hear a child at all. Okay. That would be my godson, Reed, but I don't hear him at all. He's having a tantrum right now. Of course he's having a tantrum. <laughs> Someone needs to give him the remote control that he loves so much. <laughs> I don't understand what his um, fascination is with the remote control. What is that? I think part of it is, one, he's like me, and I love to press buttons. I just like to, like, push, punch stuff. Like, it's satisfying to me. Two, I think the fact that when he presses a button, something happens on that big TV. I think he finds that equally fascinating or like he has like real power for once in his 14 month old life. He's got power and he loves it. Yes. Just like a true man. Uh, yes. Like, he'll, <laughs> you know, press a button and something will happen and he'll look at you with this smile. Like, do you see what I'm doing? Really? Yes. <laughs> He's funny. I um I didn't realize that you like to punch things. I do. I show me some buttons and I'm just like itching of like, oh, can I touch one? 
oh, so you mean buttons, not yeah. people. Oh, no, no, no. Because well. I think I think that we need to clarify exactly what you mean by punch, because I prefer punching people. However, right, society right. would say that that is frowned upon, which is why um, I choose kickboxing. It is, because how is the group supposed to get along and thrive if we're throat punching each other? No. I mean, physical buttons. <laughs> physical buttons. <laughs> Although Not- there are occasionally people whose internal buttons I like to push. <laughs> why Why are you pushing folks' internal buttons? Whose internal button do you like to push the most? Well, my boyfriend's. I love pushing his button. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves Dave. <laughs> He's actually, he's actually one of my favorite people. He's just so dry. He is. He's like a cake that sat out for like four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, you know what he is? He's like, okay, so the top tier that you're supposed to save when you get married. Right. That top tier cake that you're supposed to wrap in some special stuff. And, and put in the freezer put for in like the freezer a year. For a year. <laughs> and then when you take it out, you cut it and it might have mold on it. Now, why do I know this? I know this because our friends Dave and Dana at their one year anniversary, they had like this little get together, this little party. So everyone was all hyped to have this cake. Cause you know, I love cake mm-hmm. and they sliced it. And I was like, is that mold? Oh no. It was moldy. I'm like, y'all got ice cream. Y'all got something <laughs> different. <laughs> Can I have a ho ho? Anything, anything but this moldy cake. And so that would be Dave. That's him. With Old all moldy dude. cake. <laughs> right. <laughs> Old moldy cake. Just dry, dry ass <laughs> Dave. So everybody, welcome Kim. Kim is definitely my sister from another mister. We've been friends for a really long time. I tried to count up the years and so then I stopped because I realized in counting, once again, my age was going to show. <laughs> I felt the same way when I was talking to Jamel, who is also a friend of Ken's. Um, we all went to high school together and I began to count up the years and I'm like, wow, some people are actually in their 40s. <laughs> Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is true. And I'm just so glad that I'm yet holding on in my 30s and I am still just as couple young more and months. tender. Couple, couple more months. <laughs> it's not a couple more months. It's not a couple more months. A it few is really more months. A few. Because it's definitely more than two. But yes, I will be joining the 40 Club. Um. So as you know, this is, you know, the first week of the podcast upgrade your algorithm like who would have thought that I was doing a podcast oh I feel like pretty much anybody that has ever met you would just be like oh yeah (laughs) that makes sense (laughs) oh does it make sense yeah I think I think you're absolutely right like it does make sense it should have happened a long time ago but you know how you can just stand in your own way Mm -hmm. and not get started with anything but I've decided to like just do it because if I don't do it then it's not going to get done and so I'm like yes get it done so here I am in my studio talking to you my sister and today we're going to talk about one of my most favoriteest people ever 
Miss Cynthia Ann Mays. So I want to talk about your mom and the relationship that you had with your mother. Um, Because I think it's important for people to understand just how dynamics can can run within you know children and parent relationships especially mother-daughter mother-daughter relationships so talk to me about your mom like what's one of your most like earliest memories experiences of her Mm, earliest memories well two pop up okay Um, one I remember that we had this like matching outfit. It was um, a white button up top, short, short cap sleeve, button up top, and these uh, lilac pants. It was the 80s. These lilac pants with white <laughs> piping on the side that right. we would occasionally wear together. <laughs> like twins? Yeah. <laughs> and we both just thought we were so cute. <laughs> Did you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So then, so then you kind of look like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in yes. the movie Twins. Yes, and they go- funny, <laughs> that was one of my mom's favorite movies. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. I feel like I need to pull it out again because I don't remember, I don't remember the plot. Like, it was so absurd. I was going to say, the plot is just dumb. <laughs> it's just, it's so absurd. Like, were they trying to save the world? Was because like Danny DeVito wasn't his character like shady? Yeah, he was like you know. So they there are these twins that were separated at birth, and one was given pretty much like every advantage. Like grew up in this beautiful location, uh, awesomely physical specimen because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and right. then there's little Danny DeVito who you know had this hard knock life, and the two of them you know they find each other again and basically try to become family and um it just you're right like little Danny DeVito that was me as as a little kid in the lilac and white and my mom was Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) in the (laughs) adult size white and lilac and we would you know walk around East Liberty holding hands and I just like have fond memories of I don't know why I guess being in an outfit the same as her was just like you know because she's your mom and you think she's awesome and cool and if you're wearing something like her then you must be awesome and cool too um did she smell like ginate you know what what was her uh what was the navy wasn't that yes navy that was her scent (laughs) really because you could get navy right at heels in a gift in a gift box (laughs) right right at heels you or Ames. Remember that's, when Hills turned into Ames? I do. I used to love going to Hills because that's what well, I would beg to get a hot dog every yes. time we were there and they would never buy me one. <laughs> oh, they didn't buy you one? Oh no. I would I would get a pretzel and one of those like red slushy things. Yeah. And I would ask for it to be um like a cherry coke. And my mother, Clorinda, always wanted like warm nuts like warm cashews or something like that but she wasn't yeah but she wasn't into me buying no hot dog from them and maybe that was why they didn't give it to me (laughs) (laughs) because you know street meat or kills meat it gets weird kills meat but it can't be any weirder than um 
<laughs> so, all right. Because um, we're from the hood. There right. was this uh, grocery store. City Food. Oh, gosh. <laughs> do you remember City Food? Yes, I do. <laughs> now, it was good to go in there for collards because they had about like 40 cents a pound. Um, sometimes even less than that. But what you could not do is buy meat from City Food. Yeah. Well, no, let me take that back. You could buy it. I don't know if you would make it through the night. Right. You might have a trip to like the ER for food poisoning. <laughs> Or the morgue. Or the morgue. <laughs> or the morgue. <laughs> I wonder, oh, city foods. And now I'm remembering my dad being like, see, and that's why we can't have nothing because black people don't trust each other. We should be supporting city foods and going there, but they have spoiled meat. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, I want to support black owned businesses. Do you? <laughs> I want to support, I want to support, but not if it's going to be spoiled meat. Right. I will go to Giant Eagle. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're going to go to a better grocery store that also has um, really good cake, by the way. They really so, do. <laughs> I love a Giant Eagle cake. Mm, it is so good. Okay. So you all used to dress alike. So back to your mom. So you used to dress alike. <laughs> used to dress then, alike. Um, and then one of my other... Um, like favorite early memories is when she would do the laundry and she would need to fold the sheets. She would have me help her. And when I would help her, what we would do was you would fold the sheet towards each other and you mm -hmm. would kiss. So every time you folded the sheet, you would smooch each other. And I would try to like origami those sheets down. I'd be like, let's fold it again. <laughs> <laughs> because your mom was completely awesome. So would you say that you're, relationship with her was just you know as a kid it was one where like she could do no wrong and just loving pretty much like I feel like uh, you know I'll maybe guesstimate and say like third grade so like from you know before I had memories till third grade I just thought she was like the best mom ever mm -hmm. um she was very nurturing and attentive and kind and mm -hmm. just like you know I guess basically the way a parent should you know believed in me mm -hmm. like when I could not like kind of get my life together <laughs> she <laughs> like believed that I could and you know eventually I did but um you know, even being a little kid, I've pretty much had like anxiety since I can recall. And especially people outside my family, I was extremely shy around, really anxious around, felt it all felt very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And she just believed that like, you'll, you'll get your life together. You'll, you'll get through this. It'll be okay. And of course, to me, it's all felt like a disaster and then eventually I would warm up and you know I would get my life together like she said but <laughs> you so you had anxiety like oh your whole gosh. life yo yeah yeah I just learned that and you and I have known each other for a very long time yes I knew as as an adult the anxiety mm -hmm. but I didn't realize as a kid it was so it was so much so growing up to like do no wrong mm -hmm. this is who you this is who you knew her mm -hmm. as when 
when do you think, like what age were you when you realized that adults are not perfect Hmm. and that they're trash? In elementary school. um, Okay. So I'm going to say around third grade. And I don't even know if third grade is accurate, but it's always the like frame of reference I use for how old I was when things changed like when she went from this like you know hippie earth mama who just seemed so in tuned with me to a person who like sometimes seemed to barely know that I existed it it feels like it was around third grade and I think the real like um uh, marker for that time was that's when my parents' marriage was getting like the worst it had ever been. Okay. Was around that time. Um, so it like both of them went from kind of, you know, me being the apple of their eye to like, you know, and definitely understand they had things going on. Your relationship is deteriorating. You're trying to save it. You maybe necessarily don't have every second to devote to your child, but that to a child, I think you have that small brain that hasn't matured yet. Right. You have no idea that like, you, well, you can't carry both these things in that basket. You can't carry the kid and the marriage in the basket. Like, right. <laughs> right. Something's got to come out the basket. And it you was just the can't kid. multitask. Right. It was the kid that had to come out the basket. And, you know, I did not realize that. So it felt like my world got completely just turned upside down and I felt very adrift because she no longer was my like you know we were very much like Siamese twins attached to each other and did she, she go ahead I'm sorry well she just kind of like spun away from me because you know like I said she was going through some stuff I get it but <laughs> but still still what about me how how old was your mom when she had you like what was the age difference? she was so my mom was 25 when she had me so she was relatively young yeah so i think she was like 24 when she got pregnant and 25 when she had me i was born in march and she's an august Mm -hmm. uh, baby and then she married my dad when she was 27 so, uh, so once again, fairly young to get married. Yeah. Which, you know, back in the day, I, I feel like that, that was, was old. Yeah. That was like, oh, Cindy might be an old maid. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's never going to happen for you, girl. Right. right. <laughs> you know, it's never, ever going to happen for you. Well, have you tried doing something right. different with your hair? Have you prayed to the Lord? Have you prayed? Um, <laughs> you need to pray to Jesus so he send you a good man. <laughs> I was going up north. They got good men. But good job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Wait, did you hear that laugh? Why does it sound like I had emphysema? <laughs> I thought you sounded like Sophia after she was uh, beat up. And, <laughs> and she's sitting around that table. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Sophia's home. <laughs> Pass me them peas. Pass me them peas. Just rocking back and forth. Shout out to Oprah. Real good job, girl. That was a real good job. Love that movie. Love that movie. You were totally snubbed. You should have won an Oscar that oh year. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, she really should have. Wait, did Whoopi Goldberg win the Oscar for that? Uh, I don't think no, Whoopi won an Oscar until Ghost. Yeah. Sly ass Academy. Oscar so white. Oscar. <laughs> If you can see the chuckling that I'm doing with the shoulder shake. So, so, 
so she was relatively young mm-hmm. and then the marriage falls apart mm-hmm. and what do you see happen happen to your happen to your mom and so the reason why i'm asking this question is because i knew cindy right. um and i knew and and i knew her for a relatively long time yeah but the things that i saw of her would definitely not be the way that you experience her as as a you know as a daughter right and so what ha- like what did you see happen and and did you know that it was actually happening then or did you figure that out now that you like can step away from it because you're an adult uh so i think when i was younger i knew that our home was insane mm-hmm. <laughs> i knew that um and i actually i used to pray like let them get a divorce or wow. you know let can, can they just break up like this just this amount of um volatility um oh come on volatility uh, you, you bet, like come that? on essay um, <laughs> she's smart <laughs> You is small. You is kind. You is kind. Um, <laughs> and you is impotent. Like that type of rocky home life is mm-hmm. not, it's not right. And I, was I it think yelling? Just like, like I yelling, arguing. Oh, it was um, yelling, arguing. It was, and this was from my mother okay. that she was physically aggressive towards my father. And mm-hmm. I think she was that way taking advantage of the fact that he would not do anything aggressive. So she was Solange and he was Jay-Z in the elevator. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got and you. he's not going to do anything to me. So I'm going to go buck wild. And she may have had her reasons for doing so. Right. <laughs> right. But that is not the way, you know, any, um, adults should be communicating. Right. Yeah. Like this is not how we solve our problems. And if you're trying to salvage your marriage, you know, one way to do it is to not break up all the dishes in the kitchen so that all we have left is, I think it was one plate in a cup that I <laughs> saved. <laughs> and I think only in moments when I would lose my cool, would it almost snap the both of them back. You would lose, so you, so like, well, cause you just I say, would be up? there when they were, you know, when, like literally the time that she destroyed the whole kitchen was because I think my dad knew that she was going in the kitchen for something like you know how when a kid is about to do something you can like your spidey senses are just like don't jump off that wall yes, right. <laughs> and he went Cindy don't go in that kitchen and break break what and like she opened the cabinets and threw out everything and I think I ran in there and tried to like save it because I was like what am I going to eat off of tried to save a plate you have priority what are you right. going to eat off of <laughs> every man for themselves <laughs> and she's wrecking the kitchen throwing everything everywhere yelling my dad's just standing there I'm there with the cup in the, the one plate and then I yell something I think to and what the fuck am I going to eat off of now and then they just kind of like oh oh (laughs) oh yeah yeah remember me your kid yeah she was um a lot like i mean i i'll give him props for having patience or whatever it is you call it um when someone is just i mean 
attacking you. I mean, I saw her chase him around the kitchen table with a knife while we were having dinner. He had to lock himself in the bathroom. Um, she cut his hand with a meat cleaver one time. He had to go to the hospital. Like, and I'm there and I see all of this. Like, you know, and this was their way of working it out instead of being like, you know what? Maybe we should just part part ways. Yeah. Say that we tried and just call it a day. <laughs> no, I'm fighting for my marriage. Literally. It, yeah. Like, and it's a meat just, cleaver. A meat cleaver. It, it well, was. First of all, who has a meat cleaver? Well, you know. Did it come to set? I think so. Um, and I think, you know, my dad liked to, well, he is actually a butcher, but I think, you know, at home it was like, I'm going to cut up this meat, you know, men, their grills, mm -hmm. meat and stuff like that. I think right. it was one of those situations. And I don't even remember what he did, but I remember her getting that meat cleaver, putting it in the air, coming down with it. And my dad putting his hand up to defend no. himself. And she almost cut his fingers off. I swear to goodness, the man wouldn't have his fingers today. And there was blood all over the couch. I remember staying back. I think my aunt might have been there with me because I called. I called my aunt who was living in my grandparents' house, which where we were living at the time was just like four houses down to the right. Okay. I called her. She came over with two of my uncles and my uncles went to the hospital with my dad and I believe my aunt stayed back with me and I cleaned the blood off of the couch. And then when they all came back from the hospital, everybody was friends again. <laughs> huh. As you do. As you do. <laughs> Some and there would be going to come in between us. No, that meat cleaver, he, that can't sever our relationship. And so sever. there would be quiet, you know, for a little bit until there wouldn't be quiet again. Um, and I knew that that wasn't like, this is not how home should be. Like, this is literally insane. Um, but they did not actually break up until we were in high school. Like, for Are real, for real. Yeah, my dad, like, for real, for real, being completely done with our family was not until we were in high school. Um, so from whatever age you are in third grade till Eight. I think that was like maybe the end of freshman year in high school. Like, I don't think I was 16. I think I was 15. Um, so that amount of time they spent trying to salvage a marriage that should not have been salvaged. <laughs> oh my God. So you were going through all of that. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, you know, like... So when they would have moments of quiet, um, you know, maybe, you know, we would be good as a family unit. And then as things would start to deteriorate again, um, like, you know, my dad has been to jail a, a few times, so he may not be home because of that. Um, he also would work like the, what is it, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shifts. So, mm -hmm. you know, if he took those because they paid more, I think, like, then he wouldn't be home at night. Um, then my mom and I would buddy up again. Okay. And, you know, we would be reattached to Siamese twins. And then that would unravel again. If, if the relationship started to get rocky again, then she would sleep a little more or she would just be kind of tuned out or, um, you know, spending a lot of time on the phone with my aunt venting about things. Um, so it, it was a lot of attachment and then unattachment, attachment and unattachment. So there was right. no real security 
in my relationship with my mother because it was like I can have her and then I could lose her I can have her and then I could lose her it wasn't like I have her and then when I naturally pull away as I'm trying to find my own identity as a teenager or whatever there was none of that she was the one that was doing it yeah when so when the marriage completely ended Mm -hmm. well them not being together yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah because they never actually were divorced they never Um, got divorced no as you do because wasn't no one trying to pay that 300 (laughs) dollars exactly because it because it wasn't like anyone had anything y'all didn't own no property but oh no there was not gonna be no alimony Mm -mm. (laughs) you know none of that so y'all could have paid that little 250 300 dollars and just got and just got a divorce and everyone go their separate ways, but no right. one wanted to do that. No, probably because she was trying to hold on to see if she can get a pension. Probably, <laughs> if she was still living, probably. Yes, because I know, because <laughs> I knew her. Um, <laughs> so after after it was over, do you think your mom went into depression? Oh, she absolutely did. She um, actually, and now I'm a little, I think we were still in high school. Mm -hmm. It might have been my senior year. Or maybe it was my junior year. Junior or senior year, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, my mom checked into, well, when St. Francis used to still be around, um, and that's where everyone went for their uh, mental breakdowns. She actually checked herself into there um, because she had come to me one day and just said, I am not okay. Like I'm having the hardest time just getting myself out of the bed. Like, you know, my marriage is over and I feel like a complete failure because that should be like one of the easiest things to keep afloat is your marriage. And I wasn't able to do it. And I just, I cannot pull myself back together. I can't, you know, when people, you know, are depressed and people are like, ah, you know, you just pull yourself together. It'll pass. Like, I, you know, I, I can't, I'm, I can't do that. I'm having the hardest time with that right now. And I remember being mad at her because I felt again, like she was leaving. Cause she honestly was physically leaving me. I think she checked into the hospital for like two weeks or something. And wow. um, I was with my grandmother. So I was totally well taken care of, but just the fact that she was removing herself from my life, which good for her for, putting herself first to take care of her mental health. But for me at the time, I being 16, again, with that immature brain, I cannot view this situation in that way. All I see is, oh, great. Dad's gone. Now you're leaving. This is great. Everybody have a party for me because this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to grandma. Shout out to Grace. Shout out to Grace. (laughs) Shout out to Grace Elizabeth. Um, So depression do you think she ever really came out of it? Like what happened to her behavior? Depression. And then after that, I'm honestly not sure. Like she never really was herself again. And when I say herself, I'm referring to the the person she was from, you know, birth to third grade. She was never ever that person again. Um, you know, she'd mm. come out of the hospital and at that point, uh, we had been evicted from our apartment because she was not working when they split up and my dad had moved out. Okay. Um, and it's not like he was supporting, you know, he wasn't sending rent money or like you said, there was no alimony. So there was no income coming in aside from like, I guess, what she was getting from welfare. Okay. And um, 
So my grandmother was very kind um, and opened her doors to us. So there were um, my grandmother, me, and my mother living in my grandmother's one-bedroom apartment uh, in a high-rise building that was meant for seniors. (laughs) And here we are living in there. And we lived with my grandmother for quite a few years because my mom, she would get a job and quit a job because, I don't know, somebody rolled their eyes at her and ain't nobody going to roll their eyes at me. And so I'm going to quit the job. And like... Do we want to think about the bank account? (laughs) But let me say, but let me say, but she stayed with a job, though. She stayed with a job, but a a more consistent cash flow would have been appreciated. (laughs) You know, I say this all the time. She's the only one that could go to work, get fired at 10 a.m. and have a new job by four. I mean, doing taxes, her wait for W-2s sometimes would be laughable because she'd be like, I have five of them. I think this is all. I... <laughs> <laughs> so we totally kind of flipped um, roles, essentially, because mm-hmm. then when she came out of the hospital, um, she wasn't really working well. It didn't seem like she was trying to make power moves to like get us out of my grandmother's apartment. Um yeah. To, to even just get her right on her feet. And so I moved into this like mother role of mm-hmm. being worried about her because then she started doing stuff like she, you know, cause my grandma's there, she knows I'm taken care of. She would go out and she wouldn't come back home until the next day. It's like, uh-oh. Where, where the hell was she? Okay, right. Oh, like, well, oh, well, all right. Um, and she had started drinking and my mom was never really really a drinker like she had always told me the only reason she started to drink was because my dad drank and so just for them to have something in common but she was always more a sipper not like a get wasted you Mm -hmm. know um situation and she was getting wasted um then she started hanging out with like young dudes in the neighborhood so back at this time this is when you know Pittsburgh is in like the height of its like gang and drug activity so she's hanging out with these young dudes in the neighborhood wait 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 pause she was hanging out with young people oh yeah like selling drugs and I believe that's wait, how she wait. started doing drugs she, she wait she used to sell drugs Yeah, for a little bit, she sold crack. And the first time I ever saw, well, aside from the elementary school playground, the only other time I saw crack, like, up close was because my mom showed me. And she showed it to me because she was selling it. She, there was this guy in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. whose name I forget that she buddied up with. We ain't finna say it either. (laughs) Yeah, right. She buddied up with and he, you know, these guys were making money. And I guess she figured this is a good way to make money. Um, and so she started selling drugs, but then she didn't listen to Biggie and his 10 crack commandments because she started dipping in her own supply. So, <laughs> so what was her age? What was her age around that time? Um, I'm going to say she's in her 40s. So she picked up crack as a habit in her fucking 40s? Oh, yeah. In her 40s, even having seen real life examples of so many of our family members and like close family members who had also gone down this same road um, and did not fare well (laughs) in their little trip down crack lane. Cousin! 
Um, yeah. And what she said to me was, so eventually she does end up going to rehab and she comes to me the night that she's going to go to rehab and get on this bus. I think it was called like white deer something. It was a little way away. And um, she said, you know, this is probably the hardest conversation I have to have. You're the one person I didn't want to have to say this to, but I am checking into rehab because I have a problem. Um, I have been smoking crack for the past. I don't even remember how long she said, um, which when she said it, it did all make sense. Mm -hmm. Like oh, this her behavior. Her, yeah. This is why her life is a tragedy. Why she no longer seems to really care about what she looks like. Cause my mom was always like, do a five minute face like always had you know her little outfits together and mm -hmm. um you know always had her hair done and like oh why she doesn't seem to care about what she looks like and why she seems unable to pay rent anywhere like why am i paying rent for both of us like wait you were paying rent oh yeah i paid rent for my mom's apartment my apartment um oh okay so you're talking about like once you finished high school yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay. I'm out of okay. high school. I'm out of college. Uh, so I went to college for two years, dropped out. Wait, now we have to talk about college. <laughs> we have to talk about you in college. Because I remember you needing like money for books. And did she write like did she write like a bad check and cash it in <laughs> cash it in the Mac machine? Excuse me, in the ATM. Cash it in the, <laughs> cash it in the ATM. It, so she so didn't have books or something like it that. It was not just for books. This was like her like hustle. Was she would write checks and have me cash them in the ATM, and the like. I don't know what number of times it was that I had done it for then like it ate my card up or whatever um oh and she had stolen like my um debit card before stolen checks um I had gotten checks delivered to my apartment that like never showed up um oh. but then my account was like overdrawn or something I remember when I called the bank and was talking to the lady and she was like you know you can press charges and I was like uh like it's my mom and she was like you wouldn't believe the number of people that call us and it's family members that have done this and they rarely press charges. So you're not alone. Like, wow. Ah, <laughs> well, great. Um, <laughs> she stole from you. Oh yeah. And you know, and I'm in college trying to, you know, well, trying to figure my life out because I went there with the full intention of being pre-med figuring out this that was not the fit for me trying to figure out what the fit for me was and on top of that I have my mom you know showing up every now and then like for the most part I was fairly insulated from her mm -hmm. um because even though my college is in the same city she would have had to take a bus trip to get to me and, and she wasn't gonna do that yeah um so I was fairly insulated from her but um when she would come then it would always be for money that like i didn't have i'm a college student that works a little work study job i don't really have any money um i didn't know that so do you think at that point that she was still like on the drugs like do you think that rehab had actually helped um i feel like so at that point she is not in rehab she's not in rehab until 
like I'm out of college for like one or two years. Okay. Like when I dropped out. Right. Um, so, so I would say when I got to college, like our relationship had deteriorated. Mm -hmm. So from the time my dad left, we end up evicted. We moved in with my grandmother. My relationship with my mother deteriorated to the point where, you know, we used to have this Siamese twin relationship to like, I could barely stand to be in the same room with her. Is that when you stayed with me? Yeah. So like when I went to college, my grandma moved from that apartment to another apartment took in another one of her children because that's what you do as a mother so then my grandmother my aunt Fran her boyfriend and then occasionally one of my aunt's children would be staying with my grandmother in her one bedroom apartment and um when I came home from college for the summer I had nowhere to go because my mother didn't have a place and so okay we moved in as well with my grandmother. So no 18 year old wants to be living in a one bedroom apartment with their grandmother, their aunt, her boyfriend, two cousins and her mother. And I felt like my mother was not trying to make power moves to make anything be different for us. Like this is not my grandmother's problem. Like everyone was making everything my grandmother's problem. Mm -hmm. This was not her problem to fix. She was nice enough to let everybody stay with her, but all of those grown ass people should have been making moves (laughs) to take care of themselves. And none of them were. And I felt like my mother was just not trying hard enough. Part of that could have been because she still was in a depression. And then you add drinking and you add drugs on top of it. Of course you have no motivation for life. But again, the brain that I had at the time, my life experience up until then, I can't know that. And I can't have any empathy for you for the situation that you're in. Cause now this is affecting my mental health. Now I'm hating the world. Mm-hmm. I'm sad about where my life is and what it looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and you're not doing anything to make this be any different for any of us. Right. You know, there is, there's something to be said for, you know, being being depressed and all of these other things happening around you and the responsibility that you have for yourself. So here we are, 2019. We can talk about mental health in a way that no one was talking about it then, especially mm-hmm. in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't fit to be on no medication. Right. A therapist. A therapist. I had a, I had a cousin tell me once, therapy, man, I don't want nobody all up in my business. Um, but that's how it works. <laughs> they have to be in your business. <laughs> right. So that you can, you know, so that you can get some help. So, you know, the way that we, you know, looking back at it and, you know, just the time, the era of, of things. That wasn't, that was definitely not anything that she was going to do. So she was Mm self-medicating and that wasn't, and that wasn't helpful. Which a lot of our community does. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not good being, you know, having, uh, alcohol misuse. Right. And it's not, it's not good. And it's not, um, it's not helpful to those around you either. Like, I could see if, you know, it were like 
you have a crazy week at work and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to happy hour and have a drink and some nachos, you know? <laughs> Definitely nachos. <laughs> and then, you know, that like drowning yourself in a bottle of whatever or drowning yourself in weed or crack or, you know, whatever it is. Like, and, and part of what she said to me, so, you know, I go back to college, I get a job, I move out. She kind of, I guess, has a come to Jesus with herself to like, this is not good. I need to get my life together. How old was that? Where I have you been now? I think I'm like 23 because I feel like my grandmother had passed by that point. My grandma okay. passed when I was 21. So I feel like I'm 23. Now, at, when my grandmother started going downhill, my mom and I did become friends again. Um mm-hmm. And I think it was only just, you know, we're both like realizing that our girl is meeting the end of her road and we were trying to enjoy whatever time we had with her. So mm-hmm. probably that last year of my grandmother's life, when I'm 20 to 21, my mom and I find ourselves together again and become friends again. When your mom, like after rehab and you had finished school, well, not, no, you didn't finish school. So you had um, taken a voluntary leave of absence. Yeah. I I, I think I went back after like three years off or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you had, and you were working. So working full time and then the job had like tuition reimbursement. So I went back to school. Um, part-time basically like all semester so I would go all year long taking yeah. like two classes a time um, for oh gosh I feel like that was like five or six years I did oh that my or God, something it never ended it, 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 it never, never ended, ended. <laughs> like April's dad still thinks I'm in college <laughs> I know he does <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure shout out to April she's one of our best <laughs> I'm sure uh, April <laughs> Oh, Leslie. So, um, so you, you had mentioned earlier, you used to pay her rent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So what, like, so now I'm working at this company, um, Mm -hmm. and you know, making for me the best money I'd ever made because it was honestly the most money I'd ever made. Right. And, um, you know, living on my own come on $35,000 a year come on um so I got my um apartment and was you know living and then my mom's like well I'm gonna get an apartment um but you know I'm having a hard time making rent and so at first it was just giving a couple hundred to help make up the difference and then it was well I'm not working um, you know, I'm going to try to like get on welfare or something till I find something. And then, you know, I would pay the whole thing. So, you know, maybe five months I would pay rent for both of us. And, you know, then like my grocery budget has to be small, not like I don't have cable, you know, whatever things I have to cut in order to have enough to cover both of our rents. 
Um, which Why again is it? not something that a kid should have to do for no. their parents is to pay their rent or you know not not an able bodied well, person. I was gonna say maybe you know when you're an old lady or something you pick up the tab for something, yeah, but, but not, not yeah. <laughs> not when you you know allegedly in your right mind and an able body. Right. So you would do all of this for her. Mm-hmm. And I knew that you did some stuff. And I knew that there were moments <laughs> where she um, had seen the county jail. Oh, gosh, yeah. Why was she in county? Oh, Why yeah. was she down there? Pay rent, pay bill, <laughs> pay lawyers. Pay no. Lawyers. Okay, so do you remember one of the times that she that she went to jail? What did she go to jail uh, One time she went because she, I think she was in Rite Aid. And um, she was shoplifting uh, hair dye and she got busted and they called the cops on her and they took her down to jail and she called me at work and it's probably sounded like a parent scolding their child um, Mm -hmm. on the phone if you overheard me and I got the money together and went down to the jail and paid to get her out and then had to pay to get her a lawyer and um, because she, you know, she's crying on the phone. It was just hair dye. Again, like like she's a teenager or something. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. It's just hair dye. You stole something. <laughs> like, what right. do you mean you don't understand? <laughs> it's not yours. Right. <laughs> like, it was like everything that her and my dad had ever taught me when I was younger, completely, what, what, what did we say the other day? Do as I say, not as and I not do. Not as I do, yeah. Like, she didn't grasp those concepts for her. <laughs> they only applied to, like, me and how I shouldn't take anything. But she could take right. things if she wanted to. And, oh, she's busted. And, but, like, what's the big deal, officer? It's just hair dye. It doesn't matter what it is. The fact is you took something. <laughs> and she just could not wrap her brain around it. So it almost was, like, in a way, like, she was, like, not mentally stunted. But, like, right. I, I guess kind of like emotionally stunted yeah emotionally and age-wise yeah yeah like or that she was because she was ridiculously carefree which is really why I call her a hippie because to her Mm -hmm. it was just like well what does any of it matter as long as we're all happy and if happiness means I take the hair dye then like it's okay yeah um and the fact that, you know, for any of these things that she was doing, she wasn't suffering the consequences of it because I kept rescuing her because mm-hmm. I felt like I I had to. I, like, I felt like yep. she can't, she can't save herself. So I have to save her. Yeah. And as your friend, I remember when a lot of this stuff was happening and I was like, what the fuck? is going on and I was and I remember I was like just leave her ass in there right <laughs> just leave her. I can't she's my mother she's my mother and I was like leave her in there I can't do that I can't do that and you wouldn't do it I wouldn't you, do it you and would not do it I mean it only you know later on with much therapy for myself um mm-hmm. and then I want to say the title of the book is codependent no more Mm -hmm. um and like the work that that book has you do did I realize oh like I was enabling her behavior Uh, like 
of course is not going to stop because I'm allowing her to continue to go smoke crack or not pay rent because I'm like here's some money take it from me I don't want you to like hurt yourself trying to get money to do anything like it's all those people that you've seen on intervention when the family has to get called out for like, you know, or my 600 pound life. Anyone yes. who's like- The key buying fried chicken. Uh, yeah, like, but I have to, cause if I don't, she'll cry if I don't get the chicken. Like to allow these people to dig their holes. And if they're gonna dig the hole and fill it up with dirt themselves, that's sadly their problem. Mm-hmm. why give yeah. them the shovel why help push the dirt in if you really love them like you can't save anybody from themselves and you're not really responsible to I mean the, as my mother my job was not to save her from herself I shouldn't mm-hmm. have been involved in much of any of that but again not having you don't have that life experience at that time I don't think our brains are even really matured until we're like 25 or something. So like, I just, I didn't know any better. Um, And I don't think, obviously, because of her problems, she could not like see her way out of it to like, oh, how jacked up of me to like come to my daughter and ask her to Mm -hmm. pay my rent or how jacked up of me to like not move out of my mother's one bedroom apartment when she's just really trying, she's just trying to keep me off the street. You know, in a sense, my grandmother also was an enabler to all her kids who couldn't get their shit together. Well, you can come here and stay, but really, no, you can't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, you can't. Like, I I hate to see you this way, but really the only way it gets better is for that person to have the worst moment of their life and for them to realize this is not where I want to be. Sink or swim. Sink or swim and let them get their lives together because nothing you do is ever going to wake them up. You know, me being mad at my mom or sad at my mom, none of that made a difference to her behavior because in the end she still got what she wanted, which was money or... Because you kept giving it to her. Exactly. Like... do you do you now or did you then resent her? Oh yeah. Cause do you I, resent her today? I don't today. I did then because I felt like she was doing that to us. Mm-hmm. But today, I think I feel well. Today, I understand more my role in it. Yes. Um, again, after, even wait, though after years of therapy, after years of therapy, and even though I was young and didn't really know any better, I understand now that I was just as much of the problem as she was. Um, to a degree, and, though, to, to, to a, a degree, degree, because people are responsible for their own behaviors. It's right. not, you know, I'm just doing the best I can. Is it really your best? Right. And she was the whole adult in the situation that the never whole <laughs> the whole adult <laughs> I was the pretending to adult. be an adult for two people but she was the whole adult who didn't didn't adult she didn't adult at all and I attempted to adult and because I had no life experience I thought what I was doing was adulting right. like well you know no one wants to see their mother out on the street so if I don't take her in who will 
Like, if I don't right. give her this money, she's going to get herself in trouble. You know, oh, yeah, she, um, the one time she, I don't know if she used the product or what, but like these drug dealers told her she didn't give them $800. She was going to, they were going to kill her. Well, <sighs> like, I can't have that happen. I don't really have the money, but you know, I'm going to take the what cash advance out on my credit card to give it to her and then pay 30% or whatever it was on top of it and never get myself out of a financial hole, you know? Like, yeah, you just don't... I, I didn't have the tools mm-hmm. to... Say no. Yeah. Um, and she obviously didn't have the tools to write herself and until later on you know until yeah she went she went to rehab she got clean she was making all efforts to get her life yeah. together yeah um, she, yeah I remember that she enrolled in school she ended up changing her major so she went back as she wanted to do it was something nursing related I'm drawing mm-hmm. a blank on it now And she was saying, you know, I feel like it's really not speaking to me. And she, my mom had loved true crime since I can remember. Like they're having the the true crime like podcast boom now. But like Cindy was on this train since like before I was even born. Like she's like, oh, I love reading True McAboody's in Cold Blood. And like, you know, all into this murder stuff. And the school had like a forensic something degree. And I said, well, why don't you switch and like follow your passion and she's like I'm gonna do that and she you know switched her major um she was living with me at the time but she was saving money and she was Mm -hmm. going to like Target and um you know other little home stores and buying stuff she had a closet in my apartment where she was keeping her stuff that she was going to use when she moved into her apartment so when she eventually passed I actually ended up using quite a few of those things in my apartment um Mm -hmm. because she didn't get a chance to use them but she was trying to write herself and it was really like a return to I felt like oh I got my mom back I got my old old mom back my yeah when I was a little kid mom back um and then because life is fucked up like that um she got sick and um went to the I forced her to go to the emergency room because she was saying, I'm so tired. I can barely like lift a fork to eat. I just, I don't understand. I've never been this tired before in my life. And I called this like um, health coach thing on the back of my insurance card. And they said, oh, you should probably go to the, the doctor. And I said, well, would you say emergency room if the person also has like a fever? That's whatever. And they said, oh yeah, that'd be a good idea. And we went to the emergency room and they took some x-rays and found a mass on her lung. And um, mm-hmm. she did not last long uh lung cancer is a demon and um from diagnosis until death it was about four months so we we went from at the top of that year we lost an uncle of mine that we were really close to who had his own demons um bill uh, yeah uncle bill you know vietnam war vet who basically lost himself in a bottle trying to cope with that nightmare um we lost him at the top of that year and by the time the summer came my mom got diagnosed with cancer and then she was gone by the top of that next year so um the carpet just really got pulled um from underneath my feet because i I, uncle bill always felt like a protector and i remember when we got the call that he had passed i had never felt so 
um, like exposed before in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with mom's sickness, it, it felt like um, just such a robbery because we had, we were having the opportunity to get back to what we were and we yeah. were looking forward to the future. And the biggest thing that my mom ever wanted to be. It's okay. Because I had a very, very close relationship with her parents. And um, she was always very envious of that because she didn't really have grandparents that she was close to. My grandmother's um, parents died when she was young. And so my Consum- mom didn't of consumption? Know um, honestly, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not sure. I think her mom was sick from something. And I don't know what the dad like. It was definitely from. consumption. It probably was. Um and then my grandfather's um, mother lived for a very long time, but they were from the South and, you know, we have a lot of money. So it's not like they were making trips there every summer or whatever. Right. And the relationship I had with my grandparents was they were just the sun and moon to me. And my mom was always like, oh, I'm totally going to have a relationship like that with my grandkids. I can't wait until you give me a baby. Like, <laughs> Right. And so that's what she was most looking forward to was I remember one of the projects she did for school when she went back was they had to do a poster board, like a vision board. Mm -hmm. And she had such a large section of it of all these little brown babies, which (laughs) he's beige. This is close as I could get. But (laughs) she had all these little brown babies on it was like, I just cannot wait to do this. Um, And so it felt like, you know, to lose her. want to say she was 53 and I was 27 or something Mm -hmm. um for us to be so young and to be robbed of so many years together in a good place um that was probably the the hardest part of losing her um it wasn't just losing her it was like ah we we were almost there like Mm -hmm. why (laughs) yeah Yep. Cause life is fucked up. Life is fucked up. But you know, I will I, I'm very thankful that, you know, she did have the chance to write her life before mm-hmm. she passed. I yeah. think it would have been more tragic if she still would have been on drugs yep. and had died. Um but for her to be clean, like I said, except for that she fell off the wagon and and she was so disappointed. I remember her crying to me about it. And she was like, I can't believe I did that. And I said, dude, you're fighting you for your life right now. Like, <laughs> Give yourself some some slack there because this is a doozy. Um, so, you know, and she got right back on the wagon um, for her to have had that chance, though. I'm I'm so glad that she had that opportunity. I'm glad that we became friends again. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll always be grateful for that, but I'm just very sad that all of that was cut um, so short. Um, so short. Because, you know, she, who knows what she could have been doing now, how she could have been thriving in her life, um, you know, if she had stayed clean, um, what kind of job she would have had now, what what relationship she would be having with my son now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are things that I would have loved to have seen play out, but, you know... I've done therapy on and off since I was 19 mm-hmm. and I've had really great therapists and I've had, you know, like, ah, they're all right type of therapy. Yeah. And I remember like 
let's see, the time before last, this last time that I was in therapy, I, I made an effort to really focus on me because I felt like a lot of my therapy before that was spent the, on, on mom? well, not just on my mom, the parental stuff in its entirety. So yeah. her and her bullshit, my dad and his bullshit, because he and I have our own <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, our own bullshit, our unit, our three person units bullshit, like all of that, a lot of my therapy was just you know oh well if I had been a better daughter would my dad have stuck around if Mm -hmm. I had been a better daughter would my mom have not done drugs like Mm -hmm. you know how could I have changed the outcome of any of this stuff and that was what all of that therapy it focused on and then the time before that or the time before this last time I've been in therapy I had just felt like emotionally stuck Mm -hmm. and like like, I need some therapy for me. This is after she's passed? This is after she's passed. Yeah. Um, and I had gone into therapy, not, not like, for grief specifically. Like, I, I had done some grief therapy mm-hmm. before that. But this was, like, I just don't feel like I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I, I, something stuck. Like, I, I need to go talk to someone. And um, found a really fantastic therapist who, I mean, she saw through me my very first appointment. Like, no one I've ever had a therapy session with. Shout out to Harley. Shout out to Harley because she saw it and we did the work together. And it was, I mean, it, if she wasn't so far away from where I live now, she would yeah. still be my therapist. I mean, she oh, so was, is she still practicing? Yeah, she is. Um, I just I'm like an hour and something away from her, and the traffic so is far. murder to get to her. So it's just like not worth it. And you know, you can definitely do therapy on the th- phone. Like we occasionally would have to if like I'd be running crazy late or whatever. Mm-hmm. We would like start the session in the car and like finish when I would get there, but. Um, she was really a presence like I feel like you need to experience face to face Okay. Um, and she just helped me do so much work on myself that's um, awesome that it really freed me up and not that I don't backslide because I definitely do it's a process uh, it, it like is. you know nothing nothing is, is without fracture nothing is perfect we have to get up every day and recommit to ourselves and I some days I get up and I'm like yes I'm I'm committed and this is going to be a great day and some days I wake up and I'm like fuck this shit <laughs> right I ain't doing nothing <laughs> and I'm going to eat a ho-ho and then right. I'm like but I'm 245 pounds I hate myself oh I should eat a salad and then I don't because I'm so sad that I'm eating you know Sour, uh, sour cream and cheddar potato chips. <laughs> Those are good. <laughs> with a, yes, with the Welch's um, grape soda. Mm, also good. Which is also good. When was the last time you've had a Welch's grape soda? I had a Fago. Don't great. No, nothing about no Not damn Fago. Fago. I just happened to be in Giant Eagle. Shout out again. And I uh, was like, oh, is that a grape pop? Yep. P-O-P. Soda. <laughs> For anyone listening that doesn't know what she's talking about, she's referring to a soda. 
as we call it. <laughs> Full disclosure, I did used to call it pop. Because it's the best word. Um, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't until it wasn't until my brother helped to elevate <laughs> to elevate my vocabulary. And he was like, stop calling it pop. We call it soda. And I said, okay, that's like, you know, being colored and then Afro-American. Right, right, yeah. With Jermaine Jackson. Yes. When he called like, us oh, African-American. I didn't know he was in charge of this. <laughs> but we had moved on. We had definitely moved on from from that. I think, I mean, at that point, we were African-American. Oh, right. I think that... Never mind. We're not going to go on no tangent about <laughs> about Jermaine Jackson. We're not. <laughs> we're just not going to do that. So, so now, Kim, um, you have made it. You have survived one year without any sleep. Yeah. Uh, because I'm in you... therapy again. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. It is, a, it is a process. I'm a therapy too. Now, I did just cuss out my therapist during <laughs> this last session. Y'all, I'll tell that in a completely different uh, in, a, <laughs> in a completely different episode. I'll tell you how I had to quickly gather her together. I ain't even gonna say her name. She done pissed me off. Oh. Um, yeah, she don't get no shout out. Um, but now that you've made it one full year, and a little and a little more um without without sleep right what what is it like becoming a mother without your mother because um you know lots of people have to do this mhm lots of people you know end up getting married without you know their father mm-hmm. you know all of you know that happens but i'm i'm curious because um you know, your family's very small. Yeah. And, you know, we all have dysfunction and, you know, some people are closer to others. Lots of people have gone on, they mm-hmm. died and things like that. What, what was that like for you? Because I remember the call from you to tell me that, that you were pregnant. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that phone call because, um, because I was with my mom and you you cried and you and you said I'm I'm going to tell you because I don't I don't have anyone else to tell. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Oh no, I'm crying. <laughs> Cuz I remember but, that phone call too. <laughs> you do? And you said I don't have anyone else to tell and I said you want to tell my mom. <laughs> I was like, you know, Cindy did like my mom. I was going to say, who's also like a mom to me. Yes. Um, hey, Chloe. Shout out to, to Chloe. Um, she's a real one. Um, yeah. The, um, to parent without your mom is weird. I feel like it's weird. Um, but what about the pregnancy? Like, 
Oh, the the whole thing was the whole I mean, thing was weird. The whole thing was weird because, well, for one, you know, I take the pregnancy test, I'm pregnant, and I feel like, you know, at least the way you see it in the movies, and I'm sure what I think I would do if my mom were still here, I would have immediately called her to tell her that I was pregnant. And yeah, there's that space there because I I don't I'm not able to make that call. Mm-hmm. Um and then so, you know, going through the pregnancy and, you know, I can't ask her, like, when you were pregnant with me, blah, blah. Now, I know some stuff because I had always been curious about, like, you know, what was life like before I could remember it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know some things from when she was pregnant with me and when she had me and stuff like that. But, you know, to not be able to, like, oh, mom, I'm so sick and my mom come over and bring me soup or you know something like that or um to tell me for the hundredth time you know oh I remember when I was pregnant with you I would she craved McDonald's french fries was Mm -hmm. her thing like to hear that for the millionth time I didn't have any of that so it's like you know for as much joy as people had with hearing that I was pregnant um and to have people like you in April Holly um support me it still feels unsupported because your mom is not there Mm -hmm. and then you know you have the baby who is the person that's not at the hospital like the person that eh, she Mm -hmm. may or may not have been in a room I don't know (laughs) no she wasn't gonna be able to be probably might go be in the room um um, she'd be giving them nurses and doctors what for and then be getting on my nerves right (laughs) you would have kicked her out right so, you know, but she'd have been like, you know, she told me my grandmother was the first person to see you besides me was your grandmother. Um, you know, she is not able to be there. Um, the whole time I'm going through this experience of trying to find my footing as a mother, she's not there. Like to just have this space where this person should have been and that support should have been there. It just feels like like floating in space like you feel lost in a sense um Mm. and you know like you said plenty of people have to do it at whatever point you know they have lost their mom or maybe never even had her in their lives um you know that they still are doing it but it's like this small piece where it's just like you know feel like you should be able to look over your shoulder and someone should be there and they're they're not there and it just feels off Look over your shoulder. Look over your shoulder. Look over your shoulder, honey. He said shoulder. Who <laughs> said that? Just look over your shoulder. Oh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Jackson. Well, in that? the, what is it? Um, the American Dream movie? That's what I was thinking of when they were like, Dad, he said shoulders. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it does feel just off in a sense. Um, mm. So, you know, while it's, great that you know my son has really three grandmothers because he has my boyfriend's mother Mm -hmm. and then um my boyfriend's father has remarried and so he has that grandmother we call her canadian grandma (laughs) and then he has my mother um who's not able to be with him and so you know i'm now trying to make sure that 
we talk about her more so that he knows that she existed, knows that she loved him before he was even a thing. Yes. She was so into just the thought of his existence was her whole goal in her life. Yeah. Um, so really trying to make that um, be a part of his life now so that he knows that he has three grandmothers. Um, yes. And, you know, eventually he will learn all the aspects of her, not just the good grandma stuff, but that, you know, she oh, was Lord. a damn handful. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I have to say, I've met your son. He's a damn Several handful times. too, and right? He's a damn handful. <laughs> um, he just... He just don't sit down, squirmy. He doesn't. He thinks everything's a damn joke <laughs> all the time. But what is? But what I find that is so interesting um, about you now becoming a mother, and then the first time I got to see him, he looks just like her. I. I don't think I see it yet, yet. fully. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll look at myself and be like, oh, oh, this looks like Reed. And I know I look like my mom. So yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but I don't think I see it. You yet. haven't seen it? No. Let me tell you. I took, you know, you sent a picture and I showed it, I showed it to Billy, and he was like, Oh my God, he looks just like Cindy. And then <laughs> I showed it, then I showed the picture to you know to Chloe and she was like he looks just like Cindy wow nice (laughs) yeah yeah and I was like how you know how crazy is is that and so even when I speak to him which is his babble but like when we're FaceTiming (laughs) there's some ways that he you know turns his face and and I see her there I do. And it sounds so crazy when, you know, you hear people, you know, you hear people say this would, you know, what I'm about to say. Um, I hope that, you know, that you can take comfort in knowing that she does live in him. Mm. Yeah, I, I hope not too much. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, not all the aspects. <laughs> Let's be clear. We mean the real good aspects. Right. The real good stuff that definitely can live on. uh. Yes. (laughs) You know, the stuff about, you know, being a good human. Right. The stuff before you turned, um, you know, 10. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely stuff that I'm going to be taking from my mom as yeah. a parent and sharing with her. Like, I can't wait to fold sheets with him. Like, I'm for <laughs> real looking forward to it. And he may think it's the dumbest thing, but to me, it's going to be like a full circle moment of like, yes, <laughs> you're doing this. He's going to like it until he's like 12. Oh, right. Mom, <laughs> mom t- why you kiss me on the mouth? <laughs> Stop. Leave me alone. Leave me up. People gonna think I'm weird. I remember my mom being upset when I was in my 20s and stopped kissing her on the mouth. Why you don't kiss me on the mouth? I was like, Mom, I'm like grown. She was like, well, Max and her daughter still kiss each other on the mouth. <laughs> I was like, who? Who cares? But to her, it was a personal affront to her motherhood that I no longer kiss her on the mouth. Goodbye, Cindy Boo. <laughs> I remember when I stopped calling her Mommy. When I was like, I think when I was like 12 or 13 or something, I stopped calling her mommy. She, yeah, she was so like, what'd you call me? I was like, mom. She's like, 
I'm, mommy. I was like, I think I'm a little too old to be doing that. <laughs> I still call mommy mommy. <laughs> oh, I totally now would probably be calling her mommy, but <laughs> I completely, I completely call call my mother mommy but when I'm talking to my brother I say let me tell you what your mother did right right yeah because sometimes sometimes you just have to separate relationships well like how Reed is y'all's nephew right (laughs) when he is just like destroying the kitchen let me tell you what y'all's nephew did (laughs) because that's Mm -hmm. not my son (laughs) I don't know him I don't who who is it I don't know him I don't know him at all um well, I think that you are a fantastic mom. Well, thank you. I'm trying. And I feel like that's all mothers. That's, that's what all, they're doing is they're trying. Because <laughs> everybody hope- is different. And, yes. you know, even child to child can be different. You know, if right. Reed had a sibling, they could be so different from each other that it's not even funny. And you just have to. You know, what my for the child. Yeah, what my current therapist said is you're trying to follow his lead. Yeah. And if what he needs is more calm, whatever, that's what you're giving him. If he needs more hyper or whatever, that's what you're giving him. She was like, You're really being intuitive about your parenting. And it's not because I had any like great mind of like, this is how I'm gonna do it. It's just being in the moment and being like I need to get to learn this person. And the best way to do that is like, just like when you meet anybody, is she a talker? Is she quiet? Is she this? Is she that? Do, you right. know, well, she doesn't really like to go out after seven, but you know, this person loves to have brunch or whatever. Like I'm just trying to show up to what he needs. And if he had a sibling and that person would need something different, trying to turn that into what they need. But you know, of course you're gonna, here's the boundaries. Like, you know, he was having a temper tantrum earlier because he he kept wanting to come up the steps. Well, it's not going to happen. And he's mad and he's throwing himself in the floor. And I'm just verbal to him. Yeah. And I'm saying, oh, oh, I'm sure you're mad. You'll you'll move on from this moment. Trust me. And it'll be fine. And you have your whole life to throw yourself on the floor. I'm just about make to sure throw you on the floor. just make sure you don't hurt yourself. That's all Cover I do. Is, yeah, make sure that he has stuff out of the way. You can throw yourself in the floor if you want to. You can be mad. You cannot hit me. Nope. And guess what? This was an actual conversation I had with my mother. You cannot hit me. You cannot call me names. But you can be mad all that you want to. And let that's him a have good word. That is a thing. good word. Be mad. <laughs> Be mad. Say, say that one more time. Be mad. Because really what she was allowing me to do and what I'm trying to let him do is have his emotions. Yes. I'm not going to tell you. So like when he hurts himself, I try not to say, oh, it's okay. It's okay. No. Right. I say, oh, that hurts. Doesn't it? It hurts. And eventually it'll stop hurting and you'll feel okay. But I'm going to be here and support you and let you have your feelings. And good. Be mad. But she's still not going up the steps. But let me make sure to move your toys out the way so when you throw yourself down, throw your head back, you don't hurt yourself. You can be mad, but you can't hit me and you can't call me names. So And I like that. Have your space. And so there's that way. And I'm trying to look over my shoulder and see her. And she's not there, but she Mm -hmm. is there. She's there. (laughs) She is there. Because I'm totally doing what, you know, when she was a great mom, I'm totally without even realizing that I'm doing it. 
yeah. I'm doing that same thing for him, trying to do what you want. I'm not going to tell you it's okay because guess what? If I fell and my nose is what stopped my fall, I'd be crying too because that shit hurt. <laughs> well, and and an injury to the nose. I mean, our faces, we are too cute. Too cute. I mean, I'm he's serious. almost so pretty that people often think he's a girl. So, <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, she is just, I'm like, actually, it's a he. It's fine. I, I don't care either way, but... <laughs> Oh, Kim, I'm just so glad that we had this time together to talk about your mom and the relationship that you had with her. I learned a few new things, some things that that I didn't know. Well, you know, we should never stop learning about each other, even (laughs) even as long as we've known each other. We can still be surprised. (laughs) Oh, no, of course. Of course. And we all have, you know, just stories beyond beyond things and I know that the that you have more stories than what you you know than what you shared with all of us today um I miss your mom I miss her too um she you know as crazy as she was I probably would not have asked for any other mother (laughs) yes (laughs) and she made a mean potato salad girl she really she really did um you know relationships can be complicated I am so glad that the two the two of you were able to reconcile and that's what I would say to anyone that may have you know those complicated relationships is that you find a way to reconcile now Mm -hmm. reconciliation for me may not look like reconciliation for you I was gonna say yeah but whatever different (laughs) yes oh no it can definitely look different but whatever that is is that you have peace Mm -hmm. with whatever that relationship is is that you is that you have peace and no regrets because that's important living life and no regrets so on that note, to Cindy. To Cindy. I tip a 40 to your memory. Take a sip and I start to drink and I... No? I cannot sing, so I'm not gonna... <laughs> but you know that song, though. Oh, I know. I was singing in my head, but... You I, were no, singing in no your No one head? needs to hear that voice. <laughs> this is for my home day. It's for my homie. Well, well. <laughs> uh, I probably am going to play that though. <laughs> yes. 